In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was really hard on hypocrites. In fact, he was harder on hypocrites than anybody else. And in today's gospel, we have a good example when he attacks the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were the leaders of the temple. I suppose that's not too different from today. People are quick today to challenge the church for its hypocrisy. And I'm sure since we are all sinners, we can provide a lot of opportunity for others to judge our actions. But before we move far too far down the track, let's be sure that we're clear about what Jesus meant by hypocrisy. Now, we think of as hypocrites as people who deliberately pretend to have beliefs and virtues that they clearly do not have, and which the hypocrites both know they don't have and don't particularly want to have. Hypocrites, in this sense, are people who are faking it and who know that they're faking it. And the whole point is deception. In fact, the word comes from the Greek word, which means to act as part, as a to act a part as in a play. We think of this as a vicious misuse of faith and a mocking of God and of the church. Now, a certain politician comes to mind who used tear gas shells to disperse a crowd that was peaceful, protesting, but peaceful. And there was a crowd who was gathered for the purpose of responding to the, responding to the injustice that the world was showing. And the purpose of the, the, the shell shots, of the tear gas, was so that this politician could have his picture taken in front of a church with a Bible. A book in which one wonders if he could even find Genesis. A politician who wanted to appear to be righteous and religious, but who mocked those who gathered to protest the indiscriminate killing by the police of black Americans. Now that's what I'd call hypocrisy, and how I would use the word today. Doubtless, that is behavior which misuses religious faith and mocks God and mocks the church. But two, need, two things need to be said about this sense of hypocrisy. First, the church is not full of this kind of hypocrite. And second, this isn't what Jesus was talking about anyway. About the first thing, it's just not true that most church people are indeed hypocrites. Indeed, all the church people I know believe that they, and what they say they believe, or they at least want to believe it, or they're not try, they are at least trying to believe it, or they wish they could believe it. And truth be told, that's as good as it gets. 
Secondly, most church people I know are living by their best take on moral precepts of our faith, or they're trying to, or they want to, or they know deeply both the struggle that comes from contending with God and the weight of judgment that that brings. Nobody gets it right all the time. Everybody gets it wrong more often than necessary, and anybody and everybody can do better. But outright, deliberate faking of the whole business seems righteous while justifying evil. But outright, deliberate faking of the whole business seems, out, seems righteous and justifying evil. This is rare. And I think we ought to realize that. The church is not full of that sort of hypocrisy. The church is full of sinners. And that's why we're here this morning. We're not all, we all fall short, and that's not hypocrisy. All that said, when Jesus condemned the hypocrites, he was talking about something else. The notion of acting apart was a Greek notion and there are no Hebrew or Aramaic words that Jesus used that parallel the Greek idea. So when he castigates the scribes and the Pharisees, he's not attacking, attacking them for being good when they are really evil. The vast majority of them were not evil. But he was challenging them because they had built a smug wall around themselves, isolating themselves from the rest of the community and making them deaf to any further word from God. The Pharisees kept the law, and in keeping the law, the moral law and the religious law, that's a good thing. We should do that. But to believe and to act like our own righteousness in the sight of God comes to you because you keep the law, that's absolutely deadly. And it's the heart of what Jesus means by hypocrisy, to try to cultivate a sense of morality and virtue in a world which doesn't value it is a good thing. It is distinctive of a Christian life. But to believe and to act like your own righteousness in the sight of God comes to you because you are more virtuous than most people you know, or more virtuous than some other group or some specific other person, this is what Jesus insisted was far more evil than the particulars of any individual sinner. There's only one place to look to find how good we are or how righteous we are. Only one place. And that place is God. God's absolute goodness. God's absolute justice. God's absolute love and mercy. If we look to ourselves for our righteousness, if we look to things we have done, or the rules we have kept, or the law we obey, or if we look to the failings of others and say, at least I'm not like them, if we do that, if we try to find ourselves or in others the answer to how good we are, or how righteous we are, if we do that, then we are who Jesus is talking about when he talks about hypocrites. When Jesus condemns the hypocrites, 
He's not talking about evil people who pretend. He's talking about well-behaved people who trust in themselves, who consider themselves the finished product, and so cannot see or hear either themselves or God very well. I don't think the church is full of this sort of hypocrite, but we're far from immune. And Jesus thought it was dreadfully important, so we need to pay special attention to keep, to keep alert. And remember that our trust and hope and our confidence can only be found in one place. It is never in ourselves. It is always in the love and mercy of God. Amen.